everybody, and welcome back to episode 17 of Journey into Paul's Imagination. I'm pumped this week, uh, having purchased some um, some Run Disney events recently, and finally being able to dedicate a good portion of an episode to talking about Run Disney. I know on my Instagram page, at Journey into Paul's Imagination, I asked a poll um, asking folks who's interested in Run Disney, who's run them, um, and I got... S- I surprisingly enough had a good amount of people who said they have never done a Run Disney event but were interested in that. So I'm hoping today that I can kind of talk through um, the value that I see in Run Disney and some of my experiences, um, and we'll get into that later in the show. But first, as always, you know our parks news. So starting with park news, um, something that may be major, maybe minor, depends on how you feel about it. But there was actually some Disney Park Pass modifications that have occurred. Um, And I don't want to get into full detail with them because maybe I don't see it as drastic as someone else does. But the main takeaway that I received is that you no longer have to cancel and then rebook a park reservation. If anyone who hasn't been to Walt Disney World Resort in a while, you have to create park reservation passes for any park that you visit. Um, In the past, and very common for annual pass holders... If you were to, let's say, change a date of a reservation, change a park, you had to actually cancel that park reservation and then go create a new one. Now you have the ability to modify it. So for some people, it's not a huge deal. Um, I've ran into a few times where I wish I could just modify versus straight out cancel. Um, But nonetheless, I'm okay with it. It's a little bit more – it'll be more convenient, but um, I'm not super pressed about it. So – Some big news. Some very, very sad news, though, that I – that was announced this past week. And I I feel like I'm – I feel like the past three years, Disney has just – some of my favorite things at Disney are just taken away. And I feel like another one of my favorite things are taken away. Um, This, not Disney's fault, but H2O Spa Products is retiring at the end of the year. If you're unaware of what H2O Spa Products are – they are the um, the body wash, the shampoo, the conditioner that is in the Disney resorts. They are absolutely amazing. Anytime that I stay on property, including next week, I look forward to using those products. Back in the day when they used to have the little um, – the smaller versions of them, I used to love them because I would try and take them as much as I can. I actually right in front of me have a little bottle of body lotion from H2O Spa Products. They're amazing. Um, I'm really sad to see them go. I think they're going to be selling the products. They do sell these products in a lot of the resort uh, gift shops. Um, I'm assuming until inventory clears out. I do believe, though, the contract and you know H2O Spa Products providing to Disney, I think that will actually go into mid-2023 from what I've heard. So I'm just – I'm hoping that's the case because they also provide to Disney Cruise Line. So I was looking forward to five nights of H2O Spa products, looking forward to uh, the H2O Spa products next week at my staycation. Um, so I'm excited to know that it's still staying a little while longer but really disappointed to see it go. It was just – I know it sounds so corny, but one of my favorite parts about staying on property was just – knowing I was getting to use these products. Um, I actually even, I think during COVID, bought them just because I just love them so much. Um, If I could afford to have them all the time, I would. Uh, They are expensive products, but they're really, really good quality. They smell amazing. Um, And you just feel like you're at Disney when, when you have them. So 2020, I had Splash Mountain taken away. 2021, happily ever after, and 2022 now, H2O Spot Products. So uh, I'm not looking forward to what's going to be taken away from me in 2023, but um, but at least we have a little while longer with H2O Spot Products. Now, for those who are unaware, um, Disney Plus Day is coming up, and I think I have this all wrong. I actually thought Disney Plus Day was the day that Disney Plus released. Um, I think I'm wrong, and I'm looking to double-check this right now. I always thought that that was the uh, that November date, which is when 
um, when Disney Plus launched. But yeah, it's September 8th. I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking at actually, I'm looking online right now and it says it's moving the anniversary date, which is weird. Um, I think it, I think this is actually due to D23. Um, so anyways, I digress. D23, um, or Disney Plus Day is going to be on, uh, September 8th. And I apologize in advance if you hear the squeaky toys. Miko is playing in the background. Um, but Disney Plus Day is going to be celebrated at Disney's Hollywood Studios as Disney Plus subscribers can enter the park 30 minutes early. And there's going to be Disney Plus character meet and greets, cavalcades, and more, um, I actually was there last year, I believe, when it was the November date. Um, and, I mean, it's cool. The park was decorated really well. I don't remember seeing any meet and greets. And I know meet and greets weren't really in full force again. But um, I may actually go see who's there, if there's any special meet and greets. Because um, I'm always, you know, if I can see specialty characters, I, I will take that chance. Um, so that's going on at Disney's Hollywood Studios if you're going to be here in September. Um so yeah, some other park news. Uh, new additions have been made to Enchantment. So the intro has actually added some uh, Walt and Roy Disney scenes. I'm not reporting on what they are because I tried to stay away from them. I want to wait until I could see it myself. So once I do actually see the scenes, I'll come back and share my experiences. But um, those additions have been made. Based off just the reviews that I've seen, a lot of people really love these um love these additions and they're needed i mean if you're going to celebrate 50 years of something like you know the walt disney world resort i would think you want to celebrate those who brought the resort to life so i am happy that even better late than never that this did occur and i am excited to hopefully maybe go catch it next week coming up in january the disney skyliner will be closed for refurbishment Ooh, i can't speak today um, it seems like this is a regular refurbishment. I think they did this this past year as well, if I'm not mistaken. But if not, um, I don't know how long it's going to be closed for, but there is a refurbishment period. So if you're planning on staying at any of the resorts that's on the Skyliner Loop, uh, just be mindful that in January you will not be able to use it, unfortunately. Now this week, I know we're kind of like halfway through this week, so this may not help anybody. Um, but it's World Princess Week, so Disney actually went ahead and they released a foodie guide to some of the items that they uh, have special for this week. Um, I probably won't get to try anything that's on the list, unfortunately. Um, there's nothing that super caught my eye. I mean, there's an Anna and Elsa cookie with chocolate ganache that sounded good, um, but I've been at Epcot back-to-back weeks, so I doubt I will get to go back there. They did bring back the Seaside Brownie at Dockside Diner, um, which is a chocolate brownie topped with white chocolate ganache and seaside garnish. Um, It kind of looks like a seashell washed up on a beach, and it looks amazing. Um, And then also Amaretz has a Snow White's 85th Anniversary Petite Cake, um, which is a vanilla chiffon cake layered with apple mousse and cinnamon mousse with white chocolate crunch pearls. I still have yet to get the 50th Anniversary um, Amaretz cake, so I will not be participating in World uh, World Princess Week. But for anyone who might be around the parks this week who's visiting, um, there are some cool food options, so go check them out. See what there is. Um, they look really good, and if you're a princess fan, uh, you'll probably get some really cool-looking desserts. Now, away from the parks, but pretty close by, um, I wanted to talk about something that is returning this year, a non-Disney thing, but it's Christmas-related, and I'm very excited about this. Every year, except during COVID years, so the last two years, Gaylord Palms has a massive, like, Winter Wonderland event for Christmas, and it's incredible. I think it's one of the best Christmas events in Orlando. Um, I had the pleasure of going in uh, 2019, and it was amazing. We went this past year, too, but... Um, It wasn't the same as pre-COVID. So what Gaylord Palms does is they uh, have, like, um, gingerbread making. They have uh, things where you can, like, meet Santa. They have all these cool activities. Um, They also have where you can do, like, snow tubing. And then most importantly, the main event is they have an ice exhibit. 
It's called ice. And what it is is it's an a walkthrough with different ice sculptures that actually create the sets of different movies. So when we had done it in 2019, we had done it with Polar Express. And it was beautiful. I mean, just beautiful. It was amazing to walk through. We really enjoyed it. The room is freezing. I want to say it's got to be like under 10 degrees. It's it's really cold, but it's a beautiful experience. Um, it's probably about a 30 to 40 minute walk through, but I loved it. Um, it wasn't a super long experience, especially for what you pay for. However, I just, I didn't think there's anything else like it. So, um, and we did go back this past year, but instead of doing ice, they had done an elf interactive experience, which I wasn't a huge fan of. We walked through it within 15 minutes. Um, it was heavily discounted, so that's why we did it, but I wouldn't have done it again. Um, so I'm very excited because this year, Icer's returning to Gaylord Palms, and it's featuring one of my favorite Christmas movies ever, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and I cannot wait. I love The Grinch. Yes, it's not the live-action Grinch, but I love The Grinch, and I just – seeing the way they did The Polar Express, which is also one of my favorite Christmas movies, I'm very, very, very excited to see what they're able to do with How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So for anyone that's going to be in Orlando for Christmas time, um, highly, highly recommend doing ICE. It's an amazing experience. There's so much to do. Everything you do have to pay a la carte. Um, if you're going to do anything, you have to do ICE. Like I think when we go, we probably will we'll probably just do ICE. But it's so much fun. Um, the resort's beautiful. Gaylord Palms is just a an amazing property. And it's a lot of fun. It, it really gets you into the holiday spirit. And I think they do an awesome job. If I, if I were to tell you anything that I think you have to do outside of the parks for Christmas time in Orlando, ice is top of the list. I'd probably put um, Give Kids the World as well if it wasn't, which is Night of a Million Lights. I would put that there as well. Unfortunately, just it's not returning. So anyways, um, before I get into my entertainment news, went back to Epcot for food and wine. And I wanted to talk about this since I don't have a whole lot of park stuff to talk about today. Um, so I wanted to just include this with the rest of my Disney park stuff. I tried some new food and wine items, and I wanted to talk to you guys about it. I tried the infamous The Fry Basket, um, which includes a sweet potato. It almost tastes like s'mores french fries, in my opinion, which were a lot better than I expected. Um, then they had a – I believe it was a salt and vinegar – French fry, which was really good, and then like a barbecue type French fry. Um, I could be incorrect about saying the types of French fries, but they were all amazing. I think food wise, out of all the times I've gone to food and wine, the fry basket is probably my top option I've ever had. It's delicious. It's great portion size. It's seven twenty five, so it's really not bad price wise for what you get. Highly recommend, and you could find that at at the fry. Uh, or I forget where it's it's right in front of Test Track. Um, highly recommend. Um, another item that uh, our friend Jomi got us into is the Apple Blossom Sky, which is in the Canada Pavilion. Absolutely delicious drink. I don't really know how to explain it. It's like an apple cider frozen drink, but it's to me when I drank it, and it's an alcoholic beverage. It was the first thing that really compared to me to. Um, butterbeer. Like if Disney was going to have something that competed with butterbeer, I think the Apple Blossom Sky would be the item. Now when we went, um, it's two like different mixed drinks and one of them, they unfortunately didn't have the frozen version, so they did liquid. Um, but I definitely plan on going back to try it again, especially when I could get both parts of the drink frozen. So I would honestly go as far to say is it's a top two drink in Epcot. Like, I would say Apple Blossom Sky and the Welsh Dragon are, like, two must-get drinks at Epcot. They're both fantastic. Apple Blossom Sky is here for um, for the Epcot Food and Wine Festival. And also, you get a really cool um, – I forget. You get, like, a really cool special cup with it. It's just – it's a, a mule cup, I think is what they call it. But um, highly recommend. Also, while we were there, we got an apple crumble tart, which was which was pretty good. Um 
So if you you know you're looking if you're looking for a nice spot to like stop, have a drink, and like get a snack, like I think it's a good option. And it really wasn't bad. Like I think I paid twenty five dollars for an apple crumble tart and apple blossom sky. And Lindsay had a cider, so highly recommend. Um, unfortunately, though, I have some few items that I don't recommend. Um, I'll start with my last food and wine item that I can at least remember that I had was, uh, I think it's a three cheese beignet at France. Um, I was excited for it and didn't care for it. Would skip. Um, personally, I think you're better off just going to the quick service location in the back of the France pavilion. You can't go wrong. There's so many delicious options food wise there, but I wasn't impressed with this. I also finally tried the ice cream uh, brioche sandwich. Um, I think that's what it's called, but it's basically an like a brioche bun with ice cream in the middle, and it is super popular on TikTok, and a lot of people really enjoyed it. I didn't like it personally. Um, I was really disappointed because it was one of the food items I was looking forward to the most. I think I tried the cinnamon ice cream with caramelized pecans with chocolate sauce with the brioche bun, and I just I wasn't a fan personally. Um, not to say that nobody else will like it, but I would skip it personally, especially for the price point. Moving on now, Disney Plus our entertainment news, starting with Disney Plus Day. Um, by the way, for those who haven't started She-Hulk yet, Highly recommend. I really enjoyed episode one. I'm excited um, to, by this time when you guys are listening, to be watching episode two. So don't want to talk about it too much until we could watch the entire show. But so far, it is very promising. But going back with the entertainment news, um, Disney Plus Day includes a ton of releases on Disney Plus. But the main two I wanted to point out was Thor Love and Thunder will be heading to Disney Plus, which I think I predicted a few weeks ago. Um, I felt like, you know, timing wise, it would be two months after the movie had hit theaters, which makes a lot of sense. I think at this point, um, you know, you're not seeing too many people return to theaters, especially now with Spider-Man No Way Home returning to theaters for the more fun version uh, on September 2nd. So Thor Love and Thunder will be hitting Disney+. Plus. Uh, if you're wondering, though, by the way, it's about Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, understand that Spider-Man No Way Home is still a Sony movie. So, chances are we will not see that come to Disney+. Plus. So, anyone who's holding out hope, um, unfortunately, it's unlikely, at least at this time. I actually plan to uh, probably buy the movie at some point since it's such a, such a fantastic Marvel movie. But I digress. One more movie uh, that's going to be releasing, and it's a new movie, is going to be Pinocchio, the live-action Pinocchio. A lot of people are not fans of live-action films. Uh, a lot of fans, when they see Disney release live-action films, they get frustrated. I'm not one of those people. I love when Disney releases live-action films. Mainly for the reason that you got to think about movies like Pinocchio that came out in the, you know, years before a lot of, a lot of probably my viewers have been born. Um, so actually watching the old Pinocchio, which I still love – may not be something that you ever come across or may not be interested in. Um, you know, when you get to see these movies in live action, it kind of re-engages you with these characters while telling the story. Um, and some movies, they might not be as needed. I know a lot of people weren't really excited about the Lion King live action version. I still really enjoyed it, um, but a lot of people didn't think it was ne- necessary, which, it, I mean, it's a fair point being that it was a 90s movie. But I still understand why they did it. But truthfully, a lot of live action movies, you know, the live a- or the live action was the first time I had watched the movie. You know, Beauty and the Beast, I had never seen the animated version. Then I saw the live action, loved it, and went back and watched. Same thing even with Jungle Book. I don't think I ever watched Jungle Book before watching the live action, and it was great. Um, I think Lady and the Tramp, the same thing. So with that being said... The live-action movies have purpose. Um, I know it It may seem lazy. I don't think it's lazy. I think it's trying to bring back some of these characters that are you know, infamous to life. Um, and sometimes in a, in a moment like Dumbo, when that came out, um, I don't think that followed the traditional story of the movie Dumbo. So that was unique because there was a twist. Um, 
I think Pinocchio looks excellent. I think um, I think having Tom Hanks as Geppetto is an incredible casting. I think that the um, that the visual effects for everyone look amazing. I, I think this movie looks really good. I'm very excited, and truthfully, this is the type of content I've been begging Disney Plus to have. I have always said that Disney Plus was strong in releasing Marvel content. They were strong in releasing Star Wars content, but we just needed more Disney, and I'm excited because in September, we're going to get a lot of that. We're going to get Pinocchio. We're going to get Cars on the Road. Uh, She-Hulk and High School Musical, the musical, the series are still going to be going on. Then we get Hocus Pocus 2 at the end of the month. Like, that type of month that we have in September is what – maybe not all of that going on because that is a lot. But maybe even half of that each month would be really refreshing. Um, I've really enjoyed when I can see new Disney content on Disney+. Plus. I mean I love my Marvel stuff. Don't get me wrong. Like tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up and watch She-Hulk before work. It's just that's how I just – that's how I feel about it. I'm a Marvel freak. Um, but I really love being able to watch – um, new Disney content that is specific towards Disney. I remember back when Disney Plus first launched. I mean, I was I was very excited for The Mandalorian, but I was also pumped for the Imagineering story. Noel, I was very excited for, which I think came a little bit after. I was very excited for Lady and the Tramp. Like those are also exciting um, movies and projects that I look forward to as a Disney fan. Um, and I, I just – I'm very, very excited for this movie if you can't tell. Um, and one more thing that's actually going to be uh, – I think I, – I saw something else. But I think Dancing with the Stars will be the first live Disney Plus series debating – debuting September 19th. So if you're a Dancing with the Stars fan, check it out. Now, I'll be honest with you. The next few minutes, I don't have much Disney. But I do have a lot of movie stuff that I want to talk about um, and want to talk through some things that uh, – about you know something that you might want to consider. First, um, I have a movie review, as always. Saw the movie Beast, uh, which features Idris Elba, and he is basically on a vacation in Africa with his family when he encounters a lion attack in the safari. It is a pretty bad movie. Um, it's not as bad as Bodies, 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 and not as bad as Fall, but still a pretty bad movie. Um, the family dynamic doesn't work. The writing is really bad. Kind of like fall. There's just not much you can really do with this movie. It hits a point where you're just like waiting for the end. Um, the CGI was like inconsistent. Sometimes the line looked real. Sometimes it didn't. I really appreciated that they incorporated African culture in this movie and they made it look really beautiful at some times. Um, and I think this movie could have worked maybe just taking a different direction. Um, they were, you know, in the movie, you're pretty much stuck in a car in one part of the safari for a long time. Um, and it, it just gets boring and played out and it's very predictable. So I would not recommend seeing it. August was rough. August was a rough month of movies. I mean, the movie that I liked the most in August was Vengeance. Uh, I think only movie that have i think over like a seven out of ten i think i gave it an eight i uh, didn't love bullet train didn't hated bodies 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 hated fall really didn't care for beast um so it was disappointing and now some people might be wondering like so then why do you keep going to the movies how do you keep spending the money so for those who are unaware i actually have a membership and this is not me this is just me promoting something that I think is worth having. It is one of my most valued, if not my most valued membership that I own. But it's AMC Stubbs A-List. I have had a movie membership now for, I believe, since 2017, since I worked um, when I completed my Disney College program. Back then, I had MoviePass, which is now returning with subscriptions ranging from $10 to $30 a month. I don't know if I would recommend that. Uh, MoviePass failed back in, I forget when it was, but it failed. Um, a lot of people, unfortunately, were doomed with no way of figuring out how to cancel. People were very frustrated. Um, and I still don't think that the model is set up for success. But AMC Stubbs A-List, 
Basically, if you have an AMC near you, you can pay, I believe I pay $22 or $23 a month, and I could see up to three movies a week. I could see 12 movies a month. I can see any format, IMAX, Dolby, Dine-In, whatever is hosted at my theater, I can see with no additional charge. And I can make all the reservations from my app. If you're not a movie fan, you're not the type of person that likes going to the movies, obviously this isn't for you. But I often, you know, I go to the movies and a friend tags along and they say, tell me they go to the movies once, twice a month. And I'm like, then this is worth it. You know, you pay, you pay $12 a ticket, which is probably on the lower end in 2022. Um, and you do that twice, that's 24 a month. And again, this is on the lower end. If you go to a Dolby showing, that's like $21. Right there, you just got your money's worth and you could go see 11 more movies. I think having AMC Stubbs A-list has changed the way I view movies or the way I like actively want to go see movies because um, I'll go see anything now. Anything that's of interest to me, um, anything that I usually have the slightest bit of interest, I'll go see. Usually, the, really, a movie just has to feel like a waste of time for me not to want to go see it. And so far in 2022, I've seen 38 movies with me going to see my 39th um, tomorrow night and then my 40th uh, early next week. So I highly recommend it. Um, you get really good benefits. You get to you know skip the line, the concession line. When you're there, you um, get basically every other month, you get like a $5 rewards. You get points towards any purchases that you make at the theater along with points towards your membership. So it's just a really good membership. Sometimes I joke and say, I'm not even really joke. I, I do love it. Uh, sometimes I feel like it's a little bit more valuable than my Disney annual pass just for the value I get you know, $22, $23 a movie uh, a month. And I'm normally seeing, normally I'm probably seeing about five to six movies a month. You do the math, I'm paying less than $5 a month per movie. And I could see any format. Um, so anytime a movie comes out, um, which I'm going to list some of my most anticipated movies for the fall, um, I'm looking for Dolby. I want to go see a movie that is, um, I want to go see a movie in the best format possible, which to me Dolby is, if you've never been in a Dolby theater before. So let's talk about my most anticipated fall movies. Um, number five, I'm very excited for Don't Worry Darling. It has this WandaVision um, feel that I can't wait for, and it includes Harry Styles and Florence Pugh, Looks incredible. Um, I think it's going to be really good. And apparently Harry Styles is debuting a song in it as well. So I think this might be one of the best movies of the year. I'm pumped. My number four most anticipated movie is Halloween Ends. Halloween is my favorite horror franchise of all time. And I love horror. Um, just think Michael Myers is incredible. Um, 2018 version of Halloween was great. 2021 version of Halloween uh, Halloween Kills was bad. And it everything about the character just was not correct. Um, so even though with that, I'm still very excited. Uh, it's going to be the last time we see Jamie Lee Curtis in this role. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing how they finally, finally end the franchise. Um, so I feel like I have to be excited for that. Number three is Avatar The Way of Water. I'm probably in the uh, minority that really enjoys the first Avatar. I know a lot of people think it's very overrated, but I think it's a great story. I think it's absolutely beautiful. Um, I really enjoy it, and I'm very excited to see what they do for this film. Obviously, based on the trailer, we don't have too much context, but I still have high hopes. Number two is Black Adam. I love The Rock, and now The Rock is a superhero I'm pumped for. And this is really the first DC film that I feel really good about. Like, I feel like they're going to do a really good job. It feels like they really want to market this character as like a – as like a the Iron Man of DC. And I think they realize they can do that, and they don't necessarily need to – rely on a Batman or a Superman because Marvel was able to do it with characters that weren't really that popular. Um, now, granted, I think DC could, should 
absolutely leverage Batman Superman because they can. But I think they're able to use this character in a way that um that will really, you know, interest a lot of people, get people into DC. So I'm very excited. I think this is probably one of my most anticipated DC films, not named the Batman of all time. Now, number one is a movie that I originally was not excited for. I'm not going to lie. Um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever at first, I was probably one of my least anticipated Marvel films. Um, at no fault of their own. Chadwick Boseman's death played, I mean, it was tragic. It was just, you know, how how do you have a sequel to Black Panther without Chadwick? And that was, that's a hard, that that's hard to think about. Um there were some issues with Leticia uh, Wright um, filming. There's just so many issues, and it, you know, you start to wonder, like, will this film actually work out? And I questioned it for a while, and then I saw the trailer, and the trailer looks phenomenal. And it's hard not to be excited. It's hard not to see what they do with Chala's character and how he eventually dies in the MCU. Um, it's hard not to be excited about who's going to be the next Black Panther. Very, very excited. Um, and all these movies just make me excited to have AMC Stubbs A-list because it's, you know, it's, uh, Dar- Don't Worry Darling comes out in September. Halloween ends in October. Black Adam in October. Avatar The Way of Water. December Black Panther Wakanda. For, like, I'll probably see every single one of these movies in Dolby. Um, and I probably would see every one of these movies without having... AMC Stubbs A-list, so I am I'm happy that I don't have to pay more for it. Um, and if you're near an AMC and you're a fan of seeing movies, I highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, so let's get back into the parks. Spooky seasons, I and I know we're going to keep talking about it. Um, I wanted to talk about because they released the Universal Studios Hollywood Halloween Horror Nights lineup, and I wanted to compare the two to Universal um, because I I think it's interesting to see what they do there versus what we are picked to do um and i i think i admit, i admit last week that i was wrong and i'm very excited for the lineup that universal uh at halloween horror nights orlando then i saw universal studios hollywood and let me just tell you what their lineup is um so they also have the weekend after hours nightmare they also have halloween the horrors of blumhouse Universal Monsters Legends Clyde. They also have the Terror Tram, which we don't have the um we don't couldn't even have this, but they basically have the um the, I think it's called their studio tram featuring Nope and Us, which sounds awesome. And I'm very jealous that they have this, and I'm very jealous that we didn't at least get a house of Nope um or a scare zone. I know we we got us last year, but I would have really liked to see Nope. I, I think as a scare zone would have worked perfect. Um, they also are bringing back Killer Clowns from Outer Space. We had this a few years ago in Orlando, which um, was fun. I mean, I've never seen the movie, but it was fun. Um, another IP that we did not get. Then they have La Llorona, the Weeping Woman. I've never seen the Curse of La Llorona movie. Um so I don't care too much, but it is another IP. So they already have, you know, five IP or they have seven IPs. And then they have Scarecrow the Reaping, which is a very popular house um, in the past. So it is a little bit of a bummer that they got all these IP houses. And I know, I know I'm probably, you know, just beating a dead drum about how I would like IP houses at Halloween Horror Nights. Um, but it's, I just wish we could, I just wish we could get it. I wish we could have, you know, one more IP house, but it, I guess that is what it is. Um, and then in terms of scare zones, I mean, our scare zones definitely look better. They have El Pueblo del Terror. That's from La Llorona to El Chupacabras. Um, tiny little village. Then they have a sideshow slaughterhouse and then clown saws. We definitely have the better scare zones. Um, I'll give the, I will say we definitely have the better scare zones. Now we got to talk about food because, um, the signs for the, uh, food options at Halloween Harnates Orlando has released 
And uh, there's some there's some good options here, some good drinks. Um, it looks like a lot of the specialty beverages are going to be bourbon based. Um, they also have a gin drink, and then there's also some Bloody Marys. So um, I'm excited to to just go around and try some of the bourbon drinks, even though I don't think I've ever had bourbon. Sound really good. They have a garly Philly cheesesteak, which sounds good, um, which I'm excited about. There are uh, there's a beignet spot, so um, I'm excited. I think last year was the first year outside of the Dolce de Leche churros. If you had them, those were not good whatsoever. Um, but it felt like last year was the first year that Halloween Harnage took advantage of like specialty foods. I don't think Universal Studios Orlando has ever been known for food. Um, but I think last year was definitely a step in the right direction. Like they wanted to be known for food. They wanted people to try different things. Um, they wanted to try different snack, uh, try different drink items around the park. Um, so they're heading in the right direction. It's just, we're heading there. So I'm excited to see what there is this year. Um, so we'll see. And I'll come back and I'll talk about it. Um, once once I've gone, I'm hoping to you know either go the first weekend, if not the first weekend, definitely will be at Halloween Hornets the second weekend, and we'll talk all about it. But all right, we got to talk about Run Disney now. Um, so I just recently purchased. Um, Lindsay and I are both running the Monsters Inc. 10K for Springtime Surprise Weekend, which will occur next April 2023. Um, and I also signed up myself for the Toy Story 10 Miler, so. I'm slightly excited to be running long races and back-to-back days. Um, kind of wish I did the challenge, but just wasn't prepared to financially commit to that. And also running three straight days. I've never, I've never even run races in back-to-back weekend, uh, back-to-back days, let alone in a three days in a row. But I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to run them, and it's interesting because there's still spots open. So maybe, hopefully, by me talking about Run Disney, I could. If it's ever something that you're interested in, you know, it's something you might consider while there's spots for springtime surprise weekend open. So what makes Run Disney so special? So I finally started getting to Run Disney um, during COVID. I had never thought it was really worth it. I think I I signed up for my first race right before COVID. Um, So I think actually probably February or March of 2020, um, I had signed up for Wine and Dine, um, which I, I don't even remember what the theme was. I don't know if they had announced it. I don't know. I don't remember. But I know I want. it was something I was interested and in, wanted to try. And a few friends of ours, uh, we signed up for the 5K um, just to try it, see if we would like it. Um, and then COVID hit, and of course, there was not going to be an in-person race. I don't know what led me to be interested at the time before COVID. I think it was just the idea of special characters, like it must be fun. Um, and I finally felt like I had the time to try new Disney things. But during COVID, I started you know, really exercising, really running. And I felt motivation to have to be in shape for run Disney races. So at first, you know, when they canceled our, our wine and dine race, you know, I asked Lindsay if she still wanted to run because you could still do it virtual. And I did it virtual. I was collecting the medals virtually. I did the Wine and Dine 5K, um, which ended up being a uh, Emperor's New Groove themed with a, I think it was Yzma was the character on the medal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, then I did the Walt Disney World Marathon 5K with Pluto. And I did the last um, the last Star Wars weekend 5K with uh, with um, Darth Maul. It was Darth Maul and I forget who else it was with. Um, so I was into it and I, I just kind of started to get interested in collecting the medals and it was cool. But I, 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 I mean, I was interested. I couldn't say I was probably as big into it now because I had never done one in person. Um, and then last fall I ran a, which is, it was perfect for me. It perfectly got me into run Disney, but I ran a nightmare before Christmas 10 K and it was incredible. Still probably one of my favorite Disney experiences to date. Um, and granted, I, I like to run. Like, I don't mind it. I, you know, blast music. I just kind of zone out. 
once you get into running in a rhythm of running, I feel like it just becomes second nature. And maybe that's part of why I probably like it more than someone who's never done it may. Um, but I mean, it was awesome. I got to, it was, I remember it was cold out that day. It was drizzling. Um, my first ever run Disney race was on a Saturday morning. Uh, the parks were Christmas decorated, which was really cool. Lindsay had woken up with me and Lindsay's a trooper. I mean, during run Disney weekend, she has come and out and supported me everywhere that I've run. Um, and that's, I think, made these races so special, too, is having someone that's supportive there for you. Because if not, I don't want to say it's depressing, but it probably doesn't make it the moment as special. But um, Lindsay and I were, I remember taking the bus from Epcot to, it was the only race I've done that started at Magic Kingdom. And um, it was just amazing. I mean, the experience of running on World Drive in cold weather, I, something about it, and just seeing the characters. Like, I'm a huge villains guy. So as I was running, I got to see Maleficent. Um, and then, of course, I see signs in Jack Skellington's meeting, and I got super excited. And then I met Oogie Boogie, and I got super excited. And um, these were really the first character meet and greets that I had done since pre-COVID. Um, and they were, they were still social distance then, but it was just, you know, I mean, what a way to return to – meet and greets meeting two, you know my favorite character and then the one character that i've always wanted to meet um and then as the race continued on i got to meet evil queen hades um there was just some really awesome characters that i met in that race and just the experience i remember running through hollywood studios and it was all decorated for christmas i think we didn't run through it but we ran around it um I'm running through Epcot. It was just, it was an awesome, awesome race. And it just, the experience of running when the parks are closed and it's, it's just awesome. Everyone's so, so positive and, um, so positive and always like encouraging you to keep going and just proud of you. And it's a very like uplifting and positive culture that I really appreciated and I really enjoyed. Um, along with the characters and getting to run while the parks are closed and also experience like the expo. So before every race, um, there's an expo where basically they sell merchandise, run Disney merchandise for the, that are themed to the races, um, some uh, generic run Disney merchandise. And then there's also like different sponsors and, uh, vendors that come out and sell merchandise too. So you could buy like a pair of running shoes before the race. Um, it's all done at ESPN Wide World of Sports. So that's a really fun opportunity too because you get to take pictures. You get to see the merchandise. You get to talk to people who are running to the races. And it's just, again, another really cool opportunity. I've taken half days for every race um, just because it's fun and I like taking my time there and really being able to embrace it. And also I just love the journey of like preparing for the races and it's just amazing. So that was my first race. Loved it. And got way too confident and signed up. Actually, before then, I got too confident and signed up for a marathon for Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend. It was 50th anniversary, iridescent medals. I just couldn't help myself, and I couldn't do it. I mean, I got to mile, like, just before mile 10, and my body collapsed. Just could not move. Um, I ended up able to keep going another six and a half miles. Um, but that was probably my least favorite run Disney experience because it made me feel like, why am I spending the money to do this? But it also made me, you know, rethink the way I ran. But even if there were, there were still amazing parts to that race, um, got to one of my colleagues at work, she was working, um, handing out water. So that was cool. Um, you know, and Lindsay was a trooper. She was bouncing from place to place. Uh, after the start line, the next time I saw her was actually on main street running down main street. And that was just, Really awesome memory, um, even not finishing the race that I'll always have. Um, and there were cool characters. I That one was a little bit tougher because I was behind the A-ball and constantly trying to keep up, which it's normally not like that for most races. Like I think 5K, it's not time. 10K, you still have plenty of time since you have 16 minutes per mile for the very last corral. Um, that was really the only time I felt rushed because I, I just could not keep up with everybody. Um, and I mean, I was still able to hold my own for a while, but you got to think I was 
I wasn't the last corral, but I just I had a point where I just could not run, and I could barely walk at a, a fast speed. I was it was a struggle. But anyways, I didn't want to let that bad experience, um, you know, harm the way I thought of Run Disney. So then I went ahead and did the springtime surprise weekend, which was this past April, and I was a little let down by the characters, but um, still had a blast. Lindsay and I did our first ever race together. We ran the Expedition Everest 5K, which was really cool being able to run through a park, um, fully through a park. I mean, the race just took place at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, And Lindsay struggled at first, but then she caught on, and we were moving at a really good pace. Uh, Didn't meet any special characters, but it was just really awesome to, like, run through the park. Um, You know, still see characters in unique, uh, unique attire. Um, and then two days or three days later, I ran the tower of terror 10 miler, which that was a nice confidence boost being able to, um, being able to run a long distance race and complete it in a good period of time, especially after not completing a marathon. And I felt great after that one too. So I was, I was content with myself and I met, uh, I met Perry, the platypus. So there, there is some perks. So I know I've kind of told my whole run Disney story, but you hear about some of these experiences that I have and it's just it's just special it's it's hard to really put into words um what makes run disney special whether it be the journey whether it be the experience whether it be the character meet and greets whether it be experiencing the park in a way that you just can't experience without run disney it's just another avenue of disney that not most people don't ever get to experience there's a lot of people who love run disney that are just runners and they come to the parks just for um just for those weekends um and that's okay but i think it's it's just an incredible incredible opportunity i've you know i'm going to continue doing run disney races this will actually be the 2022 to 2023 season will actually be the first season that i am running a race every single weekend on for wine and dine i'll be doing the 5k coco race um, then for marathon weekend, I'll be doing the half marathon Donald and Daisy race, which I'm very excited. I was able to get in last minute. Then I'll be doing the, uh, 5k Jasmine race for princess weekend. And then I'll end off with springtime surprise doing the monsters Inc. 10 K and the toy story 10 miler. Um, so I'm excited. I've been back into running again to start to prepare for those races. Um, but anyone who's ever been interested, I mean, springtime surprise weekend is still open. The 5K is not, but I mean, a 10K is definitely doable. And if you, if you, you don't have to do any extreme training, but if you just start getting out there running, you know, I mean, you could definitely do a 10, a 10K. And I personally, I've always thought if there's anything that's worth your money, it's the 10K. It's long enough where you are, you know, it's a challenge. 6.2 miles is no joke. You know, it's not something that the average person is doing on an average day, but it's not to the point where um, where I think it's too much of a challenge. Like I think six miles, like you, you know, if you get near the balloon ladies, which if you're not aware, the balloon ladies basically, if you get too bef- uh, too far behind them, then you will have to get picked up and brought to the finish line. But um, 10K, there's a lot, you know, more than double the characters of a 5K you get a little bit more of a unique track. I haven't done the standard 5K track at Epcot, which I will my first time for Wine and Dine, so I'll, I'll be intrigued to see how I feel about that. Um, but I highly recommend it. I think one of the biggest challenges with Run Disney is just signing up. I mean, I remember I was in the middle of an interview when Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend had um, opened, and Lindsay wasn't able to get a race for either of us, um, and that was a bummer. Luckily, I ended up getting myself later on. They reopened it for about – they've been reopening it every now and then. But um, if you're not someone who's all been super motivated to run a run Disney event, I think now if it's something you ever plan to do, now is the time when you have a few races that are open and available and you don't have to worry about the stress of going ahead and you know sitting there at a certain time. I mean you know, try a 10K. See what you think. I mean, it's Monsters, Inc. It's a great theme. The weather in April is good. I mean, it, it is hot, but um, luckily with a 10K, you usually 
I think when I did my 10K, you start at 5 a.m., which the 5 a.m., I mean, I know it, it's a turnoff because you have to wake up that early, but um, it really is an experience once you're up and you're going. But um, it's, it's, I think I finished by like 6.30. Um, I think I took an hour and a half with meeting characters and everything, and I felt great. So if Run Disney is something that you are ever interested in, now's the time. Do it while there's openings. Because um, if, you, if you don't and it's something you say, hey, you want to do it down the line, well, if you don't do Springtime Surprise Weekend, the earliest you would be able to do would be Fall 2023. That's like a year and three months away at the earliest. So keep in mind that these races, I know they book up very early, um, but it's because they sell out really quickly. Um, and people want to know if they got into the races. They want to be able to you know, plan their travel out in advance. Um, I think I've had the Coco 5K, which is going to come up now in another three months. I think I booked that probably six, seven months ago. So um, maybe even maybe even later. I So I highly recommend if it's something you're interested in, take advantage. Do it. Um, if you're on the 10K, let me know. would love to – you know, I'm sure Lindsay and I would both love to run with more people, get to experience it. It just makes it that much more special. But anyways, if anyone has ever, ever has any questions about Run Disney, um, when we do get to a Run Disney event, I know I haven't yet since launching the podcast, but once we get to wine and dine, um, I, I will talk about it nonstop, and I'll be excited to talk about it. So, But anyways, um, we're almost at a weekend of fun um next weekend mickey's not so scary surprise staycation won't have all that info yet um but we'll we'll be sure to talk about it through um i've got some cool things this weekend uh nothing disney related but going to one of my favorite places in the world bucky's which if you have not been you have to go um and for my orlando folks i'm actually going to cocktails and screams which is a a Halloween bar that I'm very excited will share as much as I can and talk about it next week um, on the podcast. So anyways, enjoy your weekend. Go do Run Disney, and I will see you guys next week.